sit back and absorb this. So let's listen now to Glenn Beck's interview with investigative journalist Steve Baker. Steve Baker, welcome to the program. Good to be back, Glenn. Thanks for having me. So I had you on, I think it was last week, and we were talking about the 12,000 hours that you have been promised your first up to view because you're working on a story for The Blaze, and you have found some pretty shocking things, but you need to verify before you even write this. You need to verify on tape, correct? That's correct. It's, it's actually 41,000 hours. Roughly the math is the 41,000 hours by a time, uh, 1,700 plus cameras that are available in the ca uh, Capitol campus, and that would be the 24-hour day of January 6th. That's where that 41,000-hour uh, number comes from. So they are going to court today to try to cordon off some of this tape and say you can't see it because of national security. Is that going to prevail, and will that affect you? It's it's a interesting question because we have, as you know, uh, had limited access. There's only been five journalists given access up to this point. The first and most public of those was Tucker Carlson's staff's access. And then Julie Kelly, John Solomon, uh, Joe Hanneman from the Epic Times, and myself were the only five up to this point that we know of who have been given that access. And then there's been a pause button hit, and we were told that the reason why this pause button was hit was because they were developing a new media guideline. When this was coming directly from uh, Speaker McCarthy's staff. And with this new guidelines that were going to be published, and this was supposed to be published over a month ago, and then I got a call from a staffer last week who told me very specifically, he said, you were first back in. You, you're, you were the guy. We know what you're working on. We want this story out and you're going to be the first one back in under the new guidelines. And they told me that this guidelines was going to be out last Friday. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, and so we still haven't seen the guidelines, and I'm wondering if there's not some connection to this new judicial watch. Uh, it's not a new judicial watch filing, by the way. They filed right. this lawsuit back in February of 21, just a month after January 6th. But the point being is, is that the Capitol Police themselves do not want people to have access to this video. So that's what that's what's coming up in court today. That's so a, a decision that prevents us from getting back in. That is a real problem. This is the people's videotape. This is the people's house, the people's uh, capital. And we're not allowed to see the videotape. I don't buy. It's not for um, uh, an, a reason that is less than dark. So yesterday, yesterday we had a former um, Capitol Police officer on with us, and he said, uh, nobody knows who Julie Farnham is, and everyone should know. Do you know her, and what can you tell us about her? Julie Farnham was hired by the Capitol Police uh, just uh, October of 2020, so just three months before January 6th. And she was brought in to basically revamp, which was a what they refer to in uh, the uh, January 6th committee testimony as being a, a failing agency or a failing division uh, itself. And she came from uh, Homeland Security. She was actually oversaw what they called their immigration vetting di division. So <laughs> imagine 
what that was like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she did, she did say that that was a significant intelligence position that she held and that she was uh, uh, then brought in to oversee this 12-person internal intel analyst division at the Capitol Police, uh, which she describes as an intelligent consuming division, not an intel gathering division, whatever that means. Uh, but, but I will tell you this, that there's not really anything nefarious at all. As a matter of fact, her, her testimony, even before Pelosi's J6 uh, Select Committee, is, is quite uh, damning as to what was available to them. She was very clear that they had significant in, intel. In fact, they had intel that said specifically that there were going to be a large number of armed and with weapons uh, protesters uh, coming to the Capitol that day, that there was actual intent to actually invade the Capitol that day, and that furthermore, there were uh, there was intelligence that they intended to actually take out Congress members. And with all of that intelligence there and reported to the January 6th committee, this information has never been shared with the American public. But I have the transcript of her testimony. Holy cow. So, uh, Farnham, she worked for Farnham, right? In the intelligence arm of uh, she the Capitol? The, yes. Okay. Yeah, she, she, she would have been reporting directly to uh, Assistant Chief Yogananda Pittman, who was the head of uh, Capitol Police Intelligence. Okay. And then when she moves over to the Chief of Police, Pittman, uh, mm -hmm. then Farnham goes where? Farnham was with the uh, agency for, or with the, the department, the Capitol Police, as their, what they call, assistant director of intelligence and interagency coordination. So she headed up that division for about two and a half years before she went back into apparently private practice. She's no longer with them. They, she left in May of this year. Okay, so why would he say yesterday that we need to know her? She sounds like a good guy. Yeah, I, I, I will I will tell you that the background that I have personally done on Farnham doesn't give me any indication that she herself had any nefarious intent. But I will tell you that, again, going back to her testimony before the select committee, that there, there are more clues about what um, uh, Lieutenant Johnson said in that, that she absolutely called an intelligence meeting with the uh, upper echelon of Capitol Police leadership, and this was on January 4th, in which she specifically says that um, both uh, Chief Gallagher and Chief Pittman were present, and she even says to the committee, it is my understanding that Chief Sund was not invited, quote unquote. Mm. So who would have the power, or what would the motivation be for Pittman not to pass all of this intel along. Well, what what would be the motivation? I mean, we we have to you know with any any type of uh, government operation, we have to start with uh, incompetence. We you know we always start there. And when we're talking about the the uh, the, the actual police department administrated by the largest, most incompetent government in the world, you know. Mm. It, it, it's a fair place to start before you get into 
malfeasance or malevolence or anything of that sort. But the fact that they knew, and this is this is a very, very important for the American people to know, is not only that they have the intelligence, and it wasn't just from their own internal an analysts. This this intelligence of, uh, of a significant event that was coming their way was uh, testified uh, to by many other sources. We know that the FBI was sharing intelligence with them. They were receiving intelligence all the way from uh, the New York Police Department that there was uh, significant nefarious operators that were going to be descending on D.C. that day. And then, of course, we also have heard, uh, as we heard in the Tucker Carlson, Stephen Sund interview last week, that uh, we had both the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley, as well as the uh, uh, Secretary of Defense, uh, Chris Miller, wanted to shut D.C. down. They wanted to close, they wanted to cancel all of the permitted events. And this is the other thing that Americans don't know, is that the Capitol Police themselves had issued at least six what they call First Amendment protest permits for that day. These were signed off by the Capitol Police in which they knew that members of Congress were going to be speaking at some of those side stage events on the Capitol property. We're not talking about the, the big rally that Trump was holding at the Ellipse, but these were events that were scheduled, permitted, legally so, signed off by the Capitol Police leadership, and for some reason, none of that information was ever passed down to their um, uh, command level officers like Lieutenant Johnson. None of that information was ever shared in their morning roll call briefings that morning. We know from multiple testimonies, uh, both on the record and off the record, with uh, Capitol Police officers, frontline officers, that they knew nothing about what was coming their way that day. We even heard those testimonies in trials. In the first Oath Keeper trial, uh, there was an officer by the name of Ryan Salky, and he was he was a brave officer. He stood his ground on the east uh, door. That's where the famous Columbus doors are. He was getting beaten, manhandled. He was getting just drenched in all manner of pepper spray and OC spray, and he never left his post until that door was finally breached. And in that trial, he was asked under cross-examination if he knew about the permitted events on the Capitol grounds that day. And he said, no. He said, the only thing I know, and I, and I quote from my own notes because I was there at that trial, he said, uh, I only knew something was happening at the White House. What, do you, what conclusion do you draw? And are we ever going to get to the end of this? Are we ever going to find out what really happened? What happened to the pipe bombers? What, what happened? Where is that? Well, exactly. Look, when I, I draw the same conclusion as Tucker did in that interview last week. Uh, it, this sounds like a setup, and and it and there's just too many missing, or there's too many elements here, too many uh, connective tissues Correct. showing that it was for this to be just gross incompetence. And in, and in fact, in, in Farnham's um, uh, assessment, one of the last things that, questions that she was asked was, was this a failure leading up to uh, January 6th? And her answer was very simply this. She said, I don't think it was a failure of intelligence. I think it was a failure to operationalize the intelligence. And of course, she would not have had the, uh, it was not her position to uh, do and write the morning briefings for those officers that day. Somebody had that information Obviously, it goes right up to Pittman's office, and she had a briefing with them on the 4th. That information was shared, and for some reason, they did not disseminate that to their officers that day. Mm. 
Uh, do you know what happened with or where we are on the pipe bomb? Is that just over? We're not looking for uh, those well. It's, it's still called an open investigation, which is why in recent hearings on, on the Hill that they won't answer questions about it because, as you know, they always say, well, that's an open investigation. I can't talk about it. Jeez. But, but I will tell you this. We know that the pipe bombs themselves were inoperable. They were, um, they were stunt pieces. They, they were never intended to go off. They were basically diversionary tactics because the first one was found in the minutes before the first barricade breach at about 12.52 p.m. that day, and then the second was found just after that. And when both of those were found, and you can hear it on the Capitol Police radio comms, which I've heard all of them. I've heard hours and hours of their radio com uh, communications. I've read the transcripts that there is uh, absolutely was chaos in that moment because now the, ca the undermanned Capitol Police, which is a whole other story in and of itself, is why a department with almost 2,000 uniformed officers that day only had a couple hundred available on campus at the time. And then they were uh, additionally diverted because those pipe bombs were found at buildings under the purview and the responsibility of the Capitol Police themselves. It is almost like what a terrorist does when they set off a bomb and all the first responders go there uh, and are distracted from what really is going on or they're blown up at the at the site. They drag them in. I think these guys with the pipe bombs clearly were dragging the Capitol Police away so things could get uh, much, much worse. Steven, your investigation that you're doing, and we don't want to give out any details until you find what you're looking for. You say you have the smoking gun, you just have to get it, and hopefully it's not, uh, you're not shut out from it after today's uh, hearing. Um, but how close are you really to being able to prove that this was at least aided and abetted by somebody in our government? I, I can tell you that there were specific circumstances that have been produced in trials and given to the American people through the media sources, the mainstream media mostly, that stories that have been told in those trials are not what uh, the truth uh, is, is shown through these videos. We, we have, we have clear-cut examples that I have found of, and I, there's just no other way to say it, I have found, as I, I think I said to you last, last week, of the kill shot on actual um, manufacturing of evidence that did not exist uh, by, the, by the truth of the video uh, reveal, as well as the suppression of exculpatory evidence in some of these trials uh, that is, is nothing more than a conspiracy by both the uh, Department of Justice and FBI to create uh, evidence out of whole cloth to convict individuals as well as to suppress in, uh, evidence. Usually when that happens, everybody is released because if they're suppressing evidence or doing anything else, you can't trust any of the court cases at all. Do you think you'll see these people go free? Uh, I, I think that once we once we reveal this information, and, and Glenn, to be honest with you, if they block us from getting the uh, access to the videos, I've already seen it. I've read an, uh, at least a dozen other people into this, as well as other eyeballs have seen the information that, uh, that I, I have found. In fact, we, we called uh, after the first day of what we stumbled upon. I immediately got on the phone and called Mike Howell from the Oversight Project at uh, the Heritage Foundation and had him come over, and I showed him what we found. 
because I needed somebody else's eyeballs on this, but it was that big and it was that important. So even if they they uh, withhold the access to, uh, in other words, they don't give me the video clips on a hard drive and allow us to, to show this to the American people, I already have the camera numbers, I have the timelines, and we will reveal the cover-up if we have to go that far. Wow. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I just, I think Americans are just tired of all of this and just want justice, one way or another. You know, if bad guys are on our side, put them in jail. If bad guys are on the other side, put them in jail. Um, I'm, I'm so tired of this game that they're playing, and our children and our children's lives and opportunities, all at stake. All at stake. For what? So they can have more power and more money? It's grotesque. Steve, thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. You know, I was... Um